Hello, my name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now, usually I bring you leaders at the top of their game who share their success secrets and their lessons learned along the way. Instead, this is one of three episodes where you can be a fly on the wall of my consulting room. Taking the subject of the inner critic, I coach three very different women in three very different ways. I hope the sessions will help you as much as they help the ladies that I'm coaching. Sit back, enjoy and hold on tight. So hi Rachel, thank you for um, agreeing to be my guest on the podcast today and obviously we have worked together for a while now, it's probably over 12 months and you've achieved so many amazing things in that time in all different aspects of your life which we won't go into today but one of the things that you have achieved which we are going to touch on is a promotion at work and you've got this amazing role now um, that you've wanted for a while but it's very different to what you did before so you've moved from being sort of the executive assistant and now you are leading projects and programs based around business improvement for the company that you work for Um, so a huge difference in terms of job roles and what you found what you were saying to me is it's kind of come with some challenges because you've gone from knowing everything Mm-hmm. to not knowing so much yeah. <laughs> um, so it'd be good to just kind of get some background from you you know hear from you what's going on and then we can see what we can do to to unpick and and give you some tools and techniques and different ways of thinking around it okay so I guess initial feelings when I found out that I was had the promotion were why you know why have they offered this job to me am i am i going to be able to do it um all that self-doubt start pouring in and makes you really think about is it the right thing to do um and you just feel really uneasy to start with but i felt really uneasy um about it and then i thought well actually it's, it's what i've been wanting to do for quite a long time and obviously since we started on the coaching journey um, for me, it's it's all been about knowing that actually I can do other things and re- like realising my potential, I guess, through the coaching that we've done and putting myself out, just realising that there's more more to me than what I've been doing for the last four years in, in my previous role. So. so you've kind of got, you had this kind of fleeting moment of, oh my God, how am I going to be able to do this? But actually what's lovely to hear is that you're able to then apply the logical thinking in terms of, well, you know, I will be able to do it because I've built up my confidence over time. But that just, you know, it's just goes to show about the inner critic. It always wants to keep us small. And we've talked about this many times before, you know, its job is to keep us small, keep us in our comfort zone. And so in this moment, when you're offered this amazing opportunity that you've worked so hard for, its job is to come in and go, whoa, no, Rachel, you just stay here and you'll be better. You'll be all right if you just yeah. stay here. And of course, that's what's happened. Now, what's beautiful is you've been able to have the logical conversation, 
but it doesn't necessarily silence the inner critic. So how did that play out for the first of the three or four weeks as you took on the new role? Well, I mean, I went into complete meltdown, probably the best way to um, <laughs> to describe what happened. So, and, and it obviously it's come at a time where we, the first week of my new role was the first week of the official lockdown. So as you can imagine, going from being around people and then starting this new job and not having anybody around you really to bounce ideas off. It just completely um, messed with <laughs> with how I felt. And mm. and and in each, you know, I think the first week I probably cried about five days of that. <laughs> just being frustrated with myself, really, because I got thrown in at the deep end, you know, and I just thought, I wish I just knew it all right now. I just yes. want to know it all right now. And, and I knew that I wouldn't be able to know it all. And it's going to take time, but I just couldn't get out of those feelings of, and just really feeling frustrated about it and beating myself up and giving myself a hard time. And it just be, oh, you're stupid or you, oh. you should know this. And, and, it, and it sounds ridiculous, but I think when, when you, especially for me, I think I'm quite um, a perfectionist in, in what I've done. It just completely threw me out of my comfort zone. So. Mm. And I guess highlighted by the fact that you're in lockdown and you're isolated on your own as well at home. Mm. And so it's it's a roller coaster of emotions anyway, being on yeah, lockdown. Yeah. But add to that, not fully knowing who to reach out to, not fully knowing what was expected of you. Yeah. Um, and and you, you rightly said, you know, that frustration is coming from impatience. Because one of the things that we've discussed, obviously, is this idea that in your old role, you knew everything because you've been doing it for so long you'd probably outgrown it mm. and equally you were the go-to person for everybody and then you kind of move into this other role which is a bigger role but you're not necessarily known for being amazing at that job like you were your previous one so there's perhaps something around that kind of need to be needed and and suddenly you're anonymous again within this team and you have to prove yourself. So how have you managed that over the last, say, six weeks? Um, well, there's been, again, many meltdowns along the six weeks, <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I think it's just going back to say to myself, you're just being really hard on yourself. And it's reaffirming that, that I, I don't know. I don't know everything. I'm not going to know everything. It's going to take time. It takes, what, three months to really get to know a job. Um, and and then there's like so much more time on top of that to to, to be good at something and, and build your confidence. So I guess it's the, I guess in a way I've just been trying to be, be a bit kinder to myself. Yeah. And, and knowing when to actually switch off because I tend to um, work really long hours, you know, and I could sit at my desk from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and and really, when you when you're sitting there for so long and not having any breaks, um, you, you're then not really doing a good job. So it's recognizing that actually taking the breaks as well, and you know, even if it's just going out for a 10, 15 minute walk to clear my head, just to get back in the game again. Yeah. Or if I've had a challenging call with someone that has made has left me feeling a bit frustrated, it's stepping away from it and understanding what's made me feel like that as well and recognizing that actually it's a lot to do with some of my insecurities and I guess the need to be the validated and feel that I am I can do the job so if yeah there's been there's been a lot of a mixture of 
of how I felt. But just be kind, I think, is is the thing I've 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 definitely taken on board some of the conversations that we've had. And I know, obviously, at the beginning of 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 the of the job when we had our couple of calls, I think I'd probably cried the whole hour with you <laughs> on one of the calls because <laughs> um because of how I was feeling. But taken away from that. It's, I think it's just important to the reflection on how I've been and, and being being kind definitely is something that has helped me get through the last six weeks and knowing when to stop as well knowing when you know <laughs> do I've you actually that. know when to stop Rachel <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I guess that that's the bit I'm going to challenge you on in a, in a gentle way so you know we talked about the change curve and, and knowing that you were in the change curve and that it was going to be an uncomfortable and a bumpy ride now, there's a whole load of awareness that you are coming to me with. So, you know, all of these things around knowing when you're being triggered and knowing why you feel as you feel and, you know, looking for the signs that you're not being productive. This is all fabulous stuff and, and is testament to how much you've grown. But I guess one of the things that, that we are, can all be good at, me included, is the talking the talk, but not necessarily walking the walk. So in terms of the challenge for me, it's that thing around you know, you're saying you can sit at your desk from seven till seven and get consumed by the work and not necessarily be fully productive. So you've got to step away from that. How often are you actually doing the step away? Uh, not very. Um, so, <laughs> for example, I, I take last week as an example where I, you know, I, I actually um, had the opportunity to go into an office nearby. So and I, I, I normally I've, 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 I've got into a bit of a routine where you know, I get up early and I, I like to go for a run or do some form of exercise before I obviously start my day. But when I allow work to consume my my life, um, I, I, I put aside the things that I know that are good for me. So going for a run or getting out and getting some fresh air just for a walk or doing a bit of exercise, it all just falls to the side. And then I like last week I found myself being in work for twelve hours a day, sat at a desk instead of being in 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 my office at home and sat here. So yeah, I, I tend to not really listen at all to my own advice. In that <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Um, so I think it just it depends how I feel though as well. I think if I feel like I'm on top of stuff, then. I'm quite happy to have a bit of a, a night off or okay. finish a bit early. But if I, if I feel like there's a lot of emails that I've got to do and X, Y and Z needs to be done by this deadline and then I then that's when I get a bit consumed with work and, and then I, that's when everything really does fall to one side. And But then it just makes you feel miserable. You You don't feel like you've achieved much in the week apart from being stuck at computer and you know you forget about the men your mental health in terms of having having a break and having conversations with people outside of work and even having a life uh, yeah you know <laughs> watching Netflix. even a lockdown one <laughs> <laughs> but then equally as well I mean if I have had a really long day and this is not for me I reward myself with like bad things so like a chocolate bad thing well so for me I say I'll overindulge on like chocolate or well, I'll have a couple of glasses of wine a night, and normally in I wouldn't do that normally. But I think it's like a bad habit of because of the situation that we're in is heightened as well. It's heightened, and 
I tend to, when I do work quite a lot, have this thing of where I reward myself. Yeah, with an unhealthy habit. With an unhealthy habit. We're going to call them unhealthy habits rather than bad things because we don't want to label any food as bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that you know, that's a cycle that so many people can get into, particularly, I think, at the moment during lockdown because everything is so different to how it normally is. But I want to just explore with you because you said, if I'm on top of things, then everything's okay and I don't feel the need to work these crazy hours. So what is being on top of things for you? So I guess it, my my emails are under control. I've, um, I've got my to-do list prepped and I know exactly what I'm doing each day and my time is, like, I guess, is carved out each day. So um, I'm not having to then work into the evening and um, I guess not feeling like I've got this need to like to prove myself so so for me if I've had a really good day at work and I've managed to clear everything I've needed to and the rest of the week isn't looking too bad and there's not too many deadlines that I need to meet then I can give myself a little couple of hours off in the evening but or if if I've had a really bad week and I think that I've done an absolutely rubbish job and everything's got on top of me then I'll feel the need to work more to like overcome that feeling of not being good enough okay and your idea of a bad week and you know that you've got to the end of the week and not achieve what you wanted to achieve who's who's giving you that feedback that it's been a bad week um so that's just me being typical me typical putting too much pressure on myself having these high expectations that I set myself and these crazy deadlines and Mrs perfectionist Mm. and if I don't meet any of those things then I've let myself down okay so where we are now then it feels like is kind of where you were maybe six seven months ago in the old job very much in that place taking on loads of responsibility perhaps outside of your remit taking on lots of other people's jobs being the go-to person but then almost being overburdened with work to the point where you're kind of sitting at home at midnight working while everyone else is down the pub. Mm. You, you kind of manage to get yourself out of those habits. But my feeling is that because you're now in a change curve and you're back in there, nobody knows me, nobody knows who I am, whether I'm any good or not. You're using some of those mechanisms as a way to cope while you establish yourself in the team. Yeah. So if you were to think about, you know, when you're on top of things, you've got your to-do list, you've got your emails under control, as you call it. And when you're thinking about your to-do list and what you can achieve in a day in these chunks of time that you talk about, are you allowing in that time for curveballs? No, no. So what happens if something does come in that you weren't expecting? Um, Well... It doesn't, I wouldn't say it throws me in that. I wouldn't say I have a complete meltdown about something, but it just means that I'll, I'll deal with it, but then I still want to deal with everything else that I've set set myself for that day. So I, I tend not to let things fall to the next day because my day kind of panned out as to what I want to do. So Okay. So I know, though, that these things will happen and you can have a, a day where, you know, you have, a call and then it completely throws you out the rest of the day out yeah I do I do appreciate that that does happen um I just 
try and still do everything that I can do. So is there like a, almost like a struggle with the flexibility of letting things roll over into the next day? Yeah, and I guess whilst we're in the situation that we're in, there is nothing else to do. And I know that sounds a bit um, a bit sad, but I'd rather I'd rather just work because I'm on my own. You know, I don't have you know, I don't have someone I can just relax with. Yes. And, and and in a way, this is probably the time that this has happened. That lockdown has happened. Actually, it's probably a bad time when you're starting a new job because yeah. that switching off for me just isn't isn't really something that I'm comfortable at doing right right now yeah I guess I guess there's you know the the point that it's filling your time which is a benefit at one level when you are isolated on your own but not to the point where you're allowing it to make you feel exhausted and you're stopping some of the healthier habits like the running and the self-care and the stuff that makes you feel good Mm. so it is about getting that balance because of course learning something new which you are doing every day at the moment is exhausting you know because you're constantly having to create new pathways in the brain and it's really really tough so being able to have that time out is going to leave less room for the inner critic to come and try and knock you over because the more tired you are the more exhausted you are the less inclined you are to put your effort into the mindset activities that keep you and your mental health really strong mm-hmm. so it's it is important to try and get the balance And to, you know, we're back to the boundaries conversation again, really, in terms of your personal boundaries around work. So if you were, before we go into boundaries, if you were kind of looking out towards your colleagues now and your boss, because you're 12 weeks into the new job now. Yeah, coming up to, yeah. 12 weeks in. How are they feeling about you, do you think? I think I'm doing a good job. I mean, I've had some positive feedback. Who have you had positive feedback from? Um, so from from my you know my, my actual line manager. Um, I think he recommended me for some Star of the Month nomination, which was quite nice. Um, you for... think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've been um, recommended for a, just just happened to have been recommended for Star um, of the Month, which is quite. I might nice. be doing a good job. <laughs> um, coming from being an, an EA to Rachel, that is awesome. Yeah, which was it was it was quite nice to have a little um bit of feedback about that, and I had my old boss actually send me a text message about it as well, which is lovely. So I think I'm doing okay. What about your peers? What are they saying to you? Yeah, I, again, I mean, they see me as 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 someone who's come in and I guess taken the role on and is doing what 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 I need to be doing. They've not said anything negative, um, and I'm sure they would do actually if if um, if if uh, if they weren't happy with what I was doing. I think I've brought the team together, yeah. so that's a that's a good a good thing. I'm just not very good at recognizing doing a good job, and I probably it makes me feel uncomfortable actually talking about it. Um, what but, what bit of it makes you feel uncomfortable? Uh, I think. I just find it hard to like when people say, "Oh, you've done a good job there," and it just, it just, I don't know, it just makes me. I just don't understand why they would say that. <laughs> if you if you were saying that to somebody, why would why would you say that? Why would you say to me or to yeah. somebody at work, "You're doing a really great job," because they were. <laughs> if that's what you know, if that's what I felt. Yeah, of course it. Um, 
I just so think... why are they saying it to you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish people I could see, see your body language yeah. right now. <laughs> You're like, go away after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just hard to. I just don't like hearing it, and it's something that just makes me feel uncomfortable. But I, I, I guess I've always. I think because I, I put so much pressure on myself, and and because I don't probably believe it myself. When somebody says it to me, it's like, okay, thanks, and let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got this, you've got this kind of narrative in your head that goes back to those early beliefs that's all about can't possibly be good enough. And everybody has this narrative, as I've said to you lots and lots of times, to a greater or a lesser extent. It's being heightened at the moment because you're in that kind of don't know what I'm doing properly territory and almost feeling like all eyes are on you as well because you're the newbie. But you've demonstrated lots of strengths in terms of bringing the team together and you created the clarity where there wasn't any. You've gone through these kind of stages of interacting and, and forming in the team, which is amazing. You're getting the feedback now that is telling you that. And you're going, I'm not quite sure why, why they think that of me. So let me ask you, honestly and truly, do you think you're doing a good job based on the experience that you have and the time that you've been in the role? I'd probably say it'd be like 70%, 70, 30. This, I have strengths. There is, you know, a lot of the things I enjoy doing, which I'd probably say is the, is the, is the good 70%. Yep. And then the 30% that I know I need to, there's a lot of like the commercial side, um, you know, and, and previous history of, of, of the project that is the bit where I, I don't feel so comfortable. Like obviously current day, absolutely fine. And I know who to go to within my organisation to, to get what I need. So that's, that's fine. Equally, that's not without its challenges. But then there's the other side where there's the, the previous history and the commercial points, which are just the bits that I just want to get better at. And okay, so let's do the seventy percent first. Tell tell me about why you do a good job seventy percent of the time. I guess it plays to my strength. The bits that I'm good at organising, good at bringing people together. Um, because I know who to go to because I've I've been in the company for a um, number of years so that that stuff comes easy to me and I I like to bring people together and integrate the project into like the BAU side of it um and I guess my driving force behind that to make sure that something that was lacking before with what we're doing obviously isn't I think I've I've, I've brought that together a bit more um what structure yeah um, yeah so that that's the, the bit that I think I do okay. <laughs> so seventy. Well, we actually said you're doing a good job. So seventy percent of the time, you're doing a good job, using your strengths of bringing people together, creating clarity, creating structure, taking the bowl of spaghetti and lining all the spaghettis out one by one, so that everybody knows where they stand. Seventy percent of the time, in this new job that you've had for twelve weeks, you're doing a good job. 30% of the time, you're perceiving that you're not doing a good job. Now, at the start, you weren't doing a good job at all. And when you got the feedback off your boss, what was he talking about? But actually, 70% of the time, you agree with him. 30% of the time, you don't. And part of that is because there's a commercial element to your role 
that you're not familiar with so we've got a knowledge gap is that true yeah okay what else makes up that 30 percent um so the i guess the history to what happened before i came along and the person who i took over from i remember one of my first meetings with our suppliers they they were saying that um, well you've got some big boots to fill and oh she she obviously was completely different to me yeah it just felt a bit i mean of course i i, I knew i had some big shoes to fill but i guess what did you make that mean about you well that i probably wouldn't be able to i think because we're, we're very different people like we've we've got different we bring so we we do bring different experiences and we've got different strengths completely different roles from what yeah. you know from her background to my background and in a way I guess I perceived my um, ability and intelligence to be a lot less than her so I guess that plays in plays on my mind so somebody said to you you've got very big boots to fill you looked at the other person knowing what you knew of her you looked at yourself and you decided that you weren't as good mm-hmm. and that's making you feel emotional yeah Where's the emotion coming from? I guess it's just that self-worth, isn't it? Just, I get annoyed at myself, really. Is she better than you or is she different to you? I get different. I, I think, I, I do know that. I just, of course you do. When you put, <laughs> it's when you put that, when you put all this pressure on yourself, it, when, when you want to just do a really good job. And this is what's at the heart of all of this, is that, driving force in you to want to do the very best that you can and be recognized for that and you you've always been that person and it's a lovely trait to have because it does mean that you put a hundred percent into everything that you do but we also have some storytelling going on at the moment which i think isn't helped by the fact that you're exhausted from working a lot but these stories that you're telling yourself and what you're making these things mean do you know what? That that woman who had your job before may well have been better than you at commercial because she might have understood commercial because she might have done that for her whole career. But clearly there were gaps in some of the organisation, the structure and the way that the project was set up such that it wasn't actually moving forward. And you've gone in with your strengths and you've put those things in place and it is moving. So she may well have been better, if we're going to use that term, than you in some parts, but you are better than her in others. But in the end, it really doesn't matter because you're in your lane, you've got this job and you're bringing the best of you to it. And I reckon a 70-30 split 12 weeks into a job is pretty good because if you were not having any capability gaps in a job that you've never done before there'd be something amiss in terms of your self-awareness so it's fine to have 30 percent capability gap 30 percent knowledge gap 30 percent skills gap but you haven't got a 30 percent desire gap (laughs) because nobody has more drive to do a good job than you no but what i want you to try and do is recognize the actual situation rather than letting that inner critic cloud it with a story so it's really easy to get into that all or nothing thinking that black and white thinking of I'm just doing such a rubbish job all of the time 
And actually, when you look at the evidence file, you've got feedback from your boss and a star award, which is recognised by your old boss as well. You've got feedback from your peers that you're bringing people together and doing a great job. And you've got your own feedback 70% of the time that you're doing okay. So the inner critic will try and keep you small. That's its job. We know that. You need the headspace every day to be overriding that with the reframe. And for your part at the moment, the reframe is less about that kind of in the moment, I am useless on one side and then reframe into I am brilliant. It's less about that and more about recognising these global stories that you're really good at telling yourself and getting those back into perspective. Mm -hmm. So I recognise that's my way. I recognise that's my theme. However, I'm doing a really good job. There are still things that I need to improve, but I am doing a good job. But equally, I recognise that I need to be doing my good job in less of my personal time. Yeah. Because that's really that next step, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it's just, I think when you have that personal time and if it's, like I said, going out for a run or go for a coffee when we can eventually do that again and see friends and it does just completely reframe the way that you think. And I and I know that it, obviously when I first started back with you um, a year or so ago, I would never have recognised any of those things as good in terms of what I need to do to reframe um but now I, I recognize them more so than ever and and actually just getting into the healthy habits of doing them on a daily basis and and not putting them off and not making an excuse not sitting at my desk for 12 hours and why would you do that <laughs> um well who knows that you're sitting at your desk for 12 hours I people know I'm online I guess it's it's obvious when you're either on Skype or something people can see when you're available and online or you sent had comments from people that I send emails to late at night (laughs) 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 and I think it's obvious that I I do work long hours but then I did in my old role as well so Mm, yes you did Why break the habit of lifetime? <laughs> now, and I remember us having this conversation about availability and not being available all of the time, back to the boundaries thing, you know, because you need to have that time where you say, actually, I'm not going to answer an email at 10 o'clock at night. Now, in an EA role, I understand that that was a challenge for you, but you did actually put that in place and weren't questioned about it. So you're back now in these habits and it's about coming back to those new pathways again that you established last year and saying, I need to be less available. Because as I said to you, if you are available, people will expect you to be available. So you create a rod for your back. So, you know, if we're talking about these boundaries and we're talking about instilling the things that make you feel good, what's the commitment then today in terms of what you're going to do differently tomorrow? Just one step, so I'm not trying to do too much too soon. I think making sure I make time for me. Is, which will mean what? Which will mean um, exercising in the morning, because I'm not going to do it in the evening. <laughs> um, <laughs> too exhausted by then. Yeah, exactly. So what will the exercise be tomorrow morning? Uh, tomorrow will be a run. And then in the evening, I guess I'd just like to get out for a walk. Um and finish up I think shutting down around six o'clock is a, is a good time to 
switch off and obviously have a bit of an evening. So I think it's building those habits in this week and and also blocking out some time just in the day for lunch lunch (laughs) just lunch not at my desk yes um and and funnily enough i had a conversation with my team this morning about that we're we're in really bad habits of um it's probably like me thinking about coming speaking to you this evening but um you know we're we're, we're, we've got unhealthy habits of where we're constantly in meetings back to back to back to back and then where's where's your time to actually thinking thinking and reflecting and actually doing things in your day job rather than doing things in the evening because you've spent time on calls which you actually probably didn't really need to be on. So it's actually booking that time in the diary and giving yourself a couple of 10 minutes in the morning, having a break and doing the same in the afternoon, but equally taking a bit of lunch break as well. This is brilliant. This is just what you need to do. And actually your point around, you just made the great point around, I'm in meetings I don't necessarily need to be in boundaries again more protective of your time Mm. think about it from the company's point of view the company is paying you an hourly rate and I'm going to give you a thousand pounds an hour right think of it that you get paid a thousand pounds an hour for every thousand pounds an hour that you get paid are you doing the best with that and when you're sitting in meetings that you don't need to be in you're not adding value to your company so it's a really good way of framing your thinking and being more protective of your time such that you can add value to that business in the best way. So we've got a commitment that you're going to go back to the run from tomorrow morning. Yes. And tomorrow morning, the the commitment after the run can be to organise your diary for the rest of the week with these break times as much as you can, because there's going to be stuff in there already. But from next week, definitely starting to take the, the morning lunch break. Mm-hmm. a morning break a lunch break and finishing by six o'clock yes and then have a think about what you can do in the evenings to make yourself feel good again yeah and I think that's where I struggle you know I think having when you when you want to just work all the time and, and actually having downtime is like a waste of time having downtime is a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes and, and then this I, is this is where you place value on busyness but we know business is a distraction you know from stuff that we don't necessarily want to face into now at the moment it's a distraction from loneliness I'm sure because you're isolated on your own I mean it's not easy I can't even imagine what that's like so of course you want to stay busy but remember we talked about busyness in terms of personal development busyness in terms of self-care so it might be that you're still in in a work capacity, but doing that apprenticeship thing that you were going to do, or whatever it might be, or a you know an online course, so that you're you're still occupied and not having to realise that you're sitting on your own every night. But it isn't in the grind of work, 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 because yeah. you do need that break, and you'll be better in those one thousand pound hours for taking those breaks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I have recognised that is something that is probably going to be key going forward in terms of my performance in my role, or I'm just going to burn out. So it's time to actually do what I'm saying <laughs> and not keep putting it off. And um, I guess it's it's the thing that we all do, where you think that you've got all good intentions, yeah. and then you just let work get in the way of 
you know, your own mental health and self-care. And, and this is about practicing for your future, because the more senior you become in this organisation, the less busy you'll need to be in order to be the leader that everybody will need you to be. You know, because you're going to need reflection time, you're going to need strategic thinking time, you're going to need time for your people. And if you're constantly busy, 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 you're not going to be able to lead in the way that I know you'll want to. So, you know, this is also about practicing for your future as you continue to move up in the organisation and you're not that far away from the top. So, you know, it's it's those steps forward every day with you as your main priority boundaries in place, self-stories, looking for the evidence as to why they're not true. Mm. And I've even started doing a bit of journaling as well to reflect on that. <laughs> on, on my day and pick out the bits where I've had a little wobble or my inner critic has taken over just to recognise those more so than, yeah. and read back on them and reframe them. Reframe them. So the next time I know if I feel how I have done in, in a day, then I can snap myself out of it and not beat myself up too much about it. Good. Good. Small steps. I've got every faith because you were there before. You know, you've had the rock of a change, which change curve is, is hard. We know that. But you are starting to come out the other side now. But this self-care is, is most important. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that you put that action into place tomorrow. And then the other actions over the next week or so. And then we can check in again. Yes, thank you. It's been a joy to speak to you as always. Thank you for doing this on podcast as well. You're very wonderful for doing that. I'm sure, you know, the things that you've highlighted today, I'm sure are things that other people are going through. So you being brave and, and doing this and allowing yourself to, to go out there will be helping lots of people. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me i do hope that you enjoyed listening to the mindset mentor meets podcast if you did be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links for more about me visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode and do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.